0: A shock of black, curly hair. The scaffold has a venue number pinned to it, Holmes was saying. A student hall of residence just up the road. And that's where the art show's playing. Yes, sir. Holmes consulted the bulky fringe programme, which he had been holding behind his notebook. It's a play of sorts called Scenes from a Hanging. The two men exchanged a look at this. At The blurb, Holmes continued, consulting the company's entry near the front of the programme. It promises... Thrills, spills, and a live hanging on stage. A live hanging, eh? Well, you can't say they didn't deliver. So he takes the scaffold from the venue, wheels it out here. I notice it's on wheels, presumably to make it easier to trundle on and off stage. And in the middle of the night, he hangs himself without anyone hearing anything or seeing anything. Rebus sounded sceptical. Well, said Holmes, Be honest, sir. He was pointing towards and beyond the crowd of onlookers. Does anything look suspicious in Edinburgh at this time of year? Rebus followed the direction of the finger and saw that a twelve-foot-high man was enjoying a grandstand view of the spectacle, while somewhere to his right, someone was juggling three saucepans high into the air. Rebus sighed. I suppose you're right, Brian. Just this once, you may be right. A young DC approached, holding a folded piece of paper towards them. Uh, we found this in his trouser back pocket. Ah, said Rebus, the suicide note. He plucked the sheet from the DC's outstretched hand and read it aloud. Pity it wasn't Twelfth Night. Twelfth Night, a play by Shakespeare and the end of the Christmas season. I wonder which one he means. Rebus refolded the note and slipped it into his pocket. But is it a suicide note or not? It could just be a bog-standard note, a reminder or whatever, couldn't it? I still think this is a stunt gone wrong. He paused to cough. He was standing beside the cobblestone inset of the heart of Midlothian, and like many a Scot before him, he spat for luck into the centre of the heart-shaped stones. Holmes looked away and found himself gazing into the dead man's dulled eyes. He turned back as Rebus was fumbling with a handkerchief. Maybe, Rebus was saying between blows, we should have a word with the rest of the cast. I don't suppose they'll have much to keep them occupied. He gestured towards the scaffold. Not until they get back their prop. Besides, we've got a job to do, haven't we? Well, I say we keep going, the voice yelled. We've got an important piece of work here, a play people should see, if anything... David's death will bring audiences in. We shouldn't be packing our bags and crawling back south. You sick bastard. Rebus and Holmes entered the makeshift auditorium as the speaker of the last three words threw himself forwards and landed a solid punch against the side of the speechmaker's face. His glasses flew from his nose and slid along the floor, stopping an inch or two short of Rebus's scuffed leather shoes. He stooped, picked up the spectacles, moved forward. The room was of a size and had an atmosphere that would have suited a monastery's dining hall. It was long and narrow, with a stage constructed along its narrow face, and short rows of chairs extending back into the gloom. What windows there were had been blacked out, and the hall's only natural light came from the open door through which Rebus had just stepped, to the front left of the stage itself. There were five of them in the room, four men and a woman. "'all looked to be in their mid to late twenties. "'Rebus handed over the glasses. "'Not a bad right hook, that,' he said to the attacker, "'who was looking with some amazement at his own hand, "'as though hardly believing it capable of such an action. "'I'm Inspector Rebus. This is Detective Constable Holmes. "'And you are?' "'They introduced themselves in turn. "'Sitting on the stage was Pam, who acted. "'Beside her was Peter Collins, who also acted.' On a chair in front of the stage, legs and arms crossed, and having obviously enjoyed tremendously the one-sided bout he had just witnessed, sat Marty Jones. I don't act, he said loudly. I just design the set, build the bloody thing, make all the props and work the lights and the music during the play. So it's your scaffold then, commented Rebus. Marty Jones looked less confident. Yes, he said. I made it a bit too bloody well, didn't I? We could just as easily blame the rope manufacturer, Mr. Jones Rebus said quietly, his eyes moved to the man with the spectacles who was